It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello to all. Welcome to Divas That Care Network. I am Joyce Manning, and I will be your host for this such an invigorating, robust lifestyle show. I'd like to, first of all, thank each one of our listeners that have tuned in live today and the ones that will be listening to the recording on our podcast. I am just so very grateful for each one of you. And you are all in for a very special treat today as I have my returning monthly diva, Kate Nelligan, with me. And she is going to speak about how to honor equines in equine-partnered coaching. Oh, man, this is going to be a great interview. Kate, could you please introduce yourself to our listeners today? Sure. Thanks, as always, for having me. Um, I am an equine-partnered life and career coach, animal communicator, author, and healer, and speaker, and I'm really excited for our topic today. Oh, awesome. Yes, I am too. Anytime it says equine, I get excited because that's that's where my heart's at, so I'm excited. (laughs) So how would you like to start to explain to our listeners today on honoring the equines in your in the equine partnered coaching, be it with you or be it with anyone that does equine partnered coaching. How would you like to start it out today, Kate? Yeah, so essentially I think about this in two ways. One, this this information is really for anyone working with horses. It's I'm, mm-hmm. you know, focusing in under the equine assisted activities and learning. Um and also I kinda hold the contacts in three different ways. One is before doing the work, before a session, during a mm-hmm. session, and then afterwards. And it can look the same in training. It can look the same in riding. It can look the same in um, any really any activity. Certainly as a coach working with horses in personal and professional development, this is something I'm really passionate about teaching to other coaches, other educators, because I believe um, there's there isn't enough conversation about this happening and uh and there's this could be this is a full course uh that i teach so we're only going to briefly touch on it today okay oh yes well i so agree with you because so many times it's overlooked on how to honor the equines we're too busy focusing on the humans that we've we fail to honor them, and they are the ones that are playing quine partner coaching. So as we go into it, how do you start by honoring him in the beginning, before you even have a session? Well, in many ways, you know, we as humans in the past have not always looked at ourselves as equals to horses or to mm-hmm. animals in general. And, you know, often... Uh, when we have kids, our kids want to play a certain sport, 
And so we, we allow them to do that. Other times I've seen parents kind of force their kids to play certain sports and the kids are unhappy and, um, you know, there can be a lot of rebellion and all of that. And it, it, to a certain level, there's a form of disrespect that happens with that. And I find it the same with the horses. First of all, does the horse even want to be doing this work? Do they want to coach? Do they want to teach? And if so, what are they best at? I have one horse that's an incredible healer, another that's actually much better at teaching. Um, And so then I'm really taking on more of the coach role. And they each are very different and individuals like we all are. So it's knowing our horses well by watching them. Certainly if we have training in animal communication, that helps to actually be able to hear and sense and see what they're showing us. And to be able to ask them directly, is this something you want to be involved in? Um, And it's also setting their health, their physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual bodies up really well for this work. So health-wise, it's making sure that they have food before beginning work. It's the same with riding. It's not great to have an empty stomach and have to go do work for any being. So it's Mm -hmm. also, you know, making sure that they're, they're having a, a a good day. Like if they're sick, like I'm actually not feeling great today. You could probably hear it in my voice. Um, you know, is it I'm giving myself permission to rest more today? So what do they need before we, they just go into a session? There are a lot of, I call ranches or farms, that feel like they have to make a certain amount of money or have to do a certain amount of activities in a week. But what happens is the horses take the toll. And so mm-hmm. it's, you know, and it's just because one client might want to work with one specific horse, and then that horse maybe gets used, to use a lot of people's words, more than others. And that brings me to my second point. We don't talk about this work as using. And I find that it's easy to say it because, you know, you say I use my chiropractor or I use my horse or I use this pen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a common word, but if we bring a, even just awareness to that language and we don't use use, horses also aren't assistants, so I have a hard time calling it equine-assisted activities. I still do because it's the common word, but they're also not our, our assistants if you think about the way that word is defined they truly are our partners there are co-coaches there are equals and so we don't use them we can incorporate them in coaching but I like to say that I partner with them I work with them um and there's so the language is one piece and how to honor them another is knowing if the horse even really wants to do the work and how they're best at doing the work and if that specific day is the best day for them to do the work so staying in the now moment is another way. Those are ways that we can all look at honoring them before we do this work with them. And again, it can really, this goes to everything. You know, we don't use a horse for dressage. You ride with them. You partner with them, Mm -hmm. right? And do they enjoy dressage? Some horses do, not all do. So it's really knowing what's the right fit. Yes. Oh, oh, how I agree with you so much because with the three I have, I mean, one of my horses is just, he's, I kind of call him the powerhouse of energy because you can just feel his energy. He is, he's just a very energetic horse, and he just gives that off to you too. And being knowing your horses, I think, is very important too, like even in riding, in coaching, in anything that you do with them is learning to know them and feel what they are 
feeling and like with him with his energy and like you said you weren't feeling good today I kind of thought when you got on I thought your energy sounded just a little lower and to be able to pick up on your horses too and uh, to know if they're not feeling well then it's not their day I mean give them that break and respect that rather than push and think oh they have to do it because I have this to do and that to do with them no if we don't feel like it, we kind of, like you said, take a little bit of a break and take a day of rest. So I agree so much with you is to look at it beforehand and you'll have a much better journey in whatever you are doing as you're doing it if you take those that time before to check it out also. Mm-hmm. And then even during, like how do you – are you watching, and I'm sure you are, just like when you ride too, you're watching the horses very closely during to see if they are enjoying and participating in what they are doing. How do you monitor that during a session? Yeah, so during is really important as well because obviously the client experience is important, your experience is important, and so is the horses. So now you have three different parties, and client might mean one person or may mean multiple people. And, you know, a horse um, or horses or equines, the donkeys, uh, they need to have choice. And so, while not everyone has the luxury of a multi-acre ranch, I understand that. I'm I'm very lucky, um, mm-hmm. and I work within herd, so it's not there's no pressure on just one horse. I have obviously worked in round pens with just one horse, you know, and round pens can be great. I just think that I've been sitting with some of the certification programs that are out there, and how the majority of the teaching for a couple of the big ones are just round pen work. And that's really it. That's the only context that a human is going to get with a horse is either the horse is haltered or, and so they are fully within the human's control or they're in Mm -hmm. a round pen where they really can't leave. They can't choose to get out. And I've been to demos and workshops where the horse doesn't want to be in there. And it's all about, well, we need to get the client outcome rather than saying, let's actually pause this, let's take a couple more minutes, let's bring in another horse that wants to be here. That has happened to me. Mm-hmm. I had a horse stand at the gate and say, I don't want to do this, and I walked over and I said, are you done? And she said, yes. And we brought in another mm-hmm. horse, and it was so perfect because that new horse's name was ideal for the workshop, and it was, you know, he was so excited to be there. It worked out beautifully. We have to be willing mm-hmm. to stay flexible. We have to be willing to stay in the moment and to read the energy of what the horses are communicating. And uh, we also have to be willing to really show up and serve the client on our own. And while they come sometimes for the horses, and we know that that's a huge piece mm-hmm. to them, I have seen mm-hmm. horses say, this client is too in their head. This client is not ready to change, and you need to take care of this. And I've had my mare walk to the gate of the round pen and said, I'll be here until the end of the session. She didn't need me to go bring her back um, to her Mm -hmm. home, but she definitely was like, it's yours. 
passing the baton. <laughs> and so yeah, we have to right? really be confident, yeah, in our own skills and abilities to carry a coaching session. And I also think we need to educate the clients about this up front, too. Like, listen, I know mm-hmm. that you're here to partner with these horses, but I'm not going to force horse to do anything. My goats did not want to be part of a sound bath recently. They were fine in the beginning. They said hello to everyone. But once there were too many people in the space, they bolted. And I tried to get them back in, and they follow me everywhere, and they wanted nothing to do. And I realized that one point I was trying to make it happen for the outcome mm-hmm. of the group. And then I said, forget it. What am I doing? I always give my animals choice. And I explained it to them at the end. I said, I'm sorry the goats weren't at your feet for this experience. But... <laughs> Your eyes were closed anyway, and I have to give them choice. So it's really reading what's going on. And next time we'll set that sound bath up in a bigger space so that the goats don't feel cramped. And I and mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. It's like really reading each animal and knowing, you know, how they're doing, how they're feeling. And sometimes they may present some resistance that's not about them actually leaving a session, but it's about them teaching the client that the client has resistance. And then we have a great conversation around that. So it's really being so much in your intuition and understanding of that human horse connection, which does take time to develop, right? New coaches need to learn these skills, but that's what will help make the sessions really powerful. And that's how to really honor them instead of it just being about honoring the clients. I've seen too many human-centric models in this space, and I think the world really needs to start to change, and I'm just glad to be one of the people talking about it with you mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, I am too, because I agree so much. I mean, I feel the horses, the goats, the animals have a living soul too. They have feelings just like we do, and we need to honor them because if – and I've seen it even when friends have come out and they want to go see the horses. Maybe one of my horses is like, no, I don't want any part of this. And they'll just walk away. And I'm like, that's fine. They, This just isn't what they want to be involved in. And that's okay. And then one of the others will come up and be right with the person that wanted to be around the horse. And they're fine with it. I'm like, this is to me, that's like you said, you have to watch it during and see what's happening and to honor that. I think that is huge to to honor what these animals are saying to you and what their feelings are, just like with the goats. That was a great a great example of how you tried to get them back in when they follow you everywhere and they were like, nope, I'm not going back in there. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and you honored that yeah. and that was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was too much for them. And then, you know, what can happen is you can always apologize or explain things in the moment to a client that might have a certain expectation. We're not doing this today because of X, right? Mm -hmm. And know that Mm -hmm. you can still, it's not just the, you know, the animals carrying the experience. There's a lot of other components for them to have a wonderful time there. And honestly, sometimes it's not always about touching animals. It's really about can you feel their energy just by being with them? Can you get a lot of information just by observing them? My work is going to the next level at some point this year as I work with wild horses because it's going to be about you can't get out and touch all of them, but what kind of horse experience can you have where you let that energy in? It sounds like your gelding does this, like where you have that ability to really receive from the horses even though you're not touching. And we have to realize, like, 
you know, we just went to a certain degree through a, a more touchless society over the last couple of years going through what we did. And there's right. still a lot of, of ways to connect even without that, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. we have to learn right. different ways to connect that honor each other's bodies and beings. And, yeah, I just think that, you know, I I love to when my clients can read it for themselves and I don't have to say anything. So I had girls out recently that were, I said, yeah, go ahead and brush uh, my horse, Salida. She loves it. And she <laughs> would keep walking away from them and didn't really want it. And I said, girls, how do you know? And and they said, well, she's walking away, and she just we just feel that she's not interested. I'm like, yeah, I agree with you. So what else is possible here, right? And so they mm-hmm. they stopped, and then they watched what the, what Phoenix was doing, and that's really where the lesson was for all of them. There was a group, and it was just better that way instead of breaking the group into two. So you know, Salita was helping me out. They always are. They know what's best for the group. And then later, I'm like, what was that about? Don't you love being brushed? She's like, yeah, but. I want you to do it today. I'm like, okay. And they all have opinions, right? So it's uh-huh. like, all right, you know, like I'm just because it. I think my idea is that it's a good way, it's a good experience for a client to brush a horse today. It doesn't mean that it's really for the highest good. So we have to constantly let go of our agenda and our expectations in this work. Um, we have to be really good at staying in the moment, pivoting and reading energy. And that is a skill that can take some time to develop. I didn't necessarily have it, you know, in the first few months of doing this work. It's just honed over time. Um, and I do love giving horses choice and ideally working in a herd. So it's not just all on one horse, but yeah, I think um, a lot of people think, Oh, well, this is a luxury that you, you know, you can do it this way. And I said, you know, you might want to consider whether you should be doing this work if you can't offer it in a way that truly honors mm-hmm. the equine. If it's just one horse, just a round pen, and they have to work because they have to earn their keep. You might want to rethink yeah. if you're really showing the client the highest, human horse connection and human animal bond because I don't believe that we get horses just so that they earn their keep. I prefer them to earn their keep. They are not (laughs) keep, but I don't, I will never have a horse just for that. That is, that to me is, um, you know, we're the one that chose to domesticate them. We then have to take Mm -hmm. care of them. That's our agreement. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole other topic. I agree. We could we we could go on for I think a whole interview on that one because I feel the same way. <laughs> I have lots of examples I can think of when it comes to that, so we'll save that for another topic. <laughs> but I loved how you said to stay in the now moment because I feel that's how my horses are. They live in the now moment. They and they want they want me to be there in that now moment and to respect them for how they are feeling so to me the now moment is so critical and not what maybe this if it was a group that came out not maybe what happened in the last session why can't that happen with the horse in this session it's a different day we're different we're not the same either and to me it's you you need to live in the now moment in so many different ways and it's really amazing how you can connect for myself by remembering to live in that now moment and even even when I think about going outside or look at hearing the birds sing I mean that's the now moment sometimes when you're just when you just walk out there and you could have missed that 
if your mind was elsewhere and you didn't hear that bird singing. And it is, uh, it's just critical in my life to live in the now moment. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. And they help us get there. And I find that as mm-hmm. facilitators, we just have to practice that quite a bit because it, a lot of people will say to me, Kate, you just trust them so much and you trust the work so much. And and I do. I just, I find that all mm-hmm. of the awe and the wonder comes from just navigating what's going on in this moment with this horse. They will always show us stuff. I don't need to create activities to create breakdowns that create breakthroughs. That will naturally happen if I trust the moment and I trust the horse. And, you know, I don't need to force a bunch of stuff to happen so that people get learning. Stuff will, Mm -hmm. um, they will immediately get learning. And even more importantly than learning, their nervous system is getting regulated just by being in nature with the horses and five times the size of, you know, their hearts and all these pieces that naturally happen in equine energy fields. So to me, it's like that's even the bigger benefit is that a human gets centered and grounded and calm and present. And then mm-hmm. if they learn something about their leadership style, and they went, that's awesome as well. But the first piece is really just that their energy gets regulated so that they can be a better version of themselves and be more in their true nature. Yes. Oh, yes. That is beautifully, beautifully said. How true that is. I love that. Get more grounded and more figuring out themselves. And that is beautiful. I love that. Well, and as your ses- sessions end, the part of after how how do you honor them after they have done their work or even if they have decided this isn't their day I still feel we need to honor them even after everything is done how do you go about honoring them at that point yeah I love it I love that that added piece there of like even if they didn't do the work and you still honor them in some ways allowing them to not do the work is the best way to honor them in that day Mm -hmm. and they know it they know that they had a choice they know that they were not forced to do something and that grows your respect and your rapport with your horse and it's the same for riding I mean there are days when I I have a sweet and sassy horse and if she's in sassy energy I don't know if I want to get on her that day. So I am constantly evaluating, you know, what is the best thing for her and for me and how do we compromise and all of that. So my favorite way afterwards is that horses like to get paid as much as humans do. They, you know, they know that they just showed up and did something for you as a facilitator, as a coach. Um, They enjoy a reward. And whether that is whatever that horse love language is, for me, you know, one of my horses, if she loves belly rubs, she loves to be brushed, you know, she loves to be talked to, like whispered sweet nothings to. That's her favorite Mm -hmm. payment. The other one... Mm -hmm. Is, needs to ha- have some sort of food. Like, that's her favorite thing in the world. So it's like I'll bring out, you know, a little bit of carrots, and I don't overload on sugar because, you know, especially being on a grass pasture. But I definitely mm-hmm. find that there's ways to, to really honor them afterwards and make them. I often will have the – I will, as we walk out of a session, I will say, thank you so much, horses, and I'll either mm-hmm. call out their names. I do it to the goats, too. I take a mm-hmm. moment, I turn and look at them, I, I put my hands in prayers, and then the, I say to the clients, feel free to share your gratitude with them. Because, you know, it's important for the clients to realize that this 
incredible sentient being that is nonverbal <laughs> is helping them grow and learn and become the best version of themselves, you know, just by their way of being like, and so it takes a moment to really ground it and ground that connection and ground the interspecies, you know, relationship. So I, I love doing that. And then I love paying them and I love them having time off, not having to go right into something else. Now there are days when I work in Los Angeles when I go back to back and I will switch out a horse if I do more than two to three sessions. And that horse is usually, you know, but I love to take a little walk in between sessions and definitely make sure I walk the horse to water. Um, ideally, mm-hmm. if horses can have break over their meal times, I had a mare one say, please don't make me work over my meal time. So I always scheduled sessions. She was fed three times a day so that she didn't have to work over lunch because it just, she just was like, hey, this isn't cool. Like, you don't, I have worked yeah. through my lunch right. many times, but that's my <laughs> choice right? And I'm now Uh making a choice on her behalf that she wouldn't make. That's dishonoring, right? So that's what we have to think about. Like, if it's our choice to, like, work through lunch, okay. You know, it's not great for our bodies, but it's our choice. But to force another (laughs) being to do that is not necessarily respectful, right? Um, Right. And it doesn't build bond over the years, which is really what we want for to pull the best out of our horses. So I think mm-hmm. having breaks is really a great thing. Often horses need to clear energy after a session as well. So they will need to pee, use, you know, go to the bathroom. They will need to roll. They will need mm-hmm. to drink water. Um, they, I've, I sometimes see them need to nap. And so there's lots of ways that they need to move and clear the energy. And then I also, I'll have this video up soon on YouTube, uh, my Kate Nelling and YouTube, but that they, we can also learn to clear their energy fields as well. And we can even do it if we don't have sneaks. We can do it right now by just setting the intention. My intention is that any energy that these equines picked up from anyone here today, I'd like to uncreate and destroy it. And picture it it just being dissolved. You can picture it either flying up to the cosmos, being used in service elsewhere, back into the nothingness from which it came, or you can picture it going into the earth and being fully composted and used in service for the earth. So mm-hmm. I often find that, you know, the best thing to do is to make sure that their energy fields are cleared. And um, mm-hmm. ideally after every session, if you can't do it after every session, definitely at the end of the day. So those are the ways that I honor them afterwards as well. So I feel like we need to think of these the three-step process um, and know that they're just super energetically sensitive. Someone described them recently as fragile and I guess I don't think of the horses like that, but they are, and um, mm-hmm. or they can be. And so we just have to do our best to set them up for success the way we set our clients up for success. We tell our clients where to show up and what to dress and where to park and, you know, how to pay and, and what mm-hmm. to bring and, uh, you know, the waivers and everything else. But we need to have the same sort of detailed awareness and planning uh, pre pre, during, and post sessions for our horses as well oh yes oh how true and like taking breaks we like to take breaks and they need to take a break and thanking them this i love that because gratitude to us means so much it means exactly the same to them i mean i thank mine all the time for being in my family and for being there for me and yeah 
I I love that. I love showing gratitude to them. That is beautiful. <laughs> and Kate, as an equine partnered coach, you have a certification program that you are working on and is coming about. Would could you share just a little bit about that with our listeners today, also? Yeah, I'd love to. So this will be something I'll offer at least once yearly, if not twice. It is a six-month program. There's three curriculum modules. The first is really spiritual psychology, learning how to work with your own triggers as you are coaching, but also working with other people and uh, their personal and professional growth journey. And so it's really about coaching skills and uh, people skills all from my master's program at the University of Santa Monica uh, and my sort of spin and take on that. The second part is really about uh, horse psychology. It's understanding human-horse connection and Mm -hmm. the human-animal bond research. It's also a study in animal communication, so it's really what we're talking about here, but it's how do you do this? How do you specifically listen and talk to your horses? And then the third is uh, about success psychology, and that is really marketing and business development, understanding which programs you need to set up and pricing. And I find that First of all, there's no certification out there like this because these are different skills that are really truly like what I find myself to be most successful at, what is me and my practice most successful. And I find that they're the kind of the keystones to a practice. So I'm really excited to be bringing like these three areas of expertise that I've held for the last several years to others. And we have people already interested from all over the country, the United States, and and actually Australia and elsewhere. And so I am just really excited to begin um, in May this year, at 2022, mm-hmm. and then start again for next year. So we're we're beginning, and I'm doing webinars pretty frequently to introduce it to folks through a presentation and through Q and A. So if that's something people are interested in, um, they can reach out to me through katenelligan.com uh, or my email is consciousrockstar at gmail.com. And I am happy to send the webinar. The, it's a free introduction webinar for an hour. Uh, people can learn more if they're interested. Oh, wow. Oh, that sounds great. Oh, that sounds like a great program, Kate. Oh, I just want to thank you so much for today. You shared such valuable information and then ending it with your certification program. Wow, this was incredible. Thank you again so much, Kate. I loved every moment. (laughs) Thank you. You are welcome. And I want to thank all of our listeners for listening to this incredible interview with our amazing diva, Kate Nelligan. Please, please share it with all your family and friends. Check out all the other hosts and their shows on divasthatcare.com. Have a fantastic day. Be kind to all. And be sure and remember the tips that Kate gave you today of honoring your horse before, during, and after whatever you're doing with them. And give your animals a hug and share all your love with them until we connect again on Robust Lifestyles. Stay strong and healthy. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.